the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. We are so lucky today to have Carrie Lake on the Michael Savage podcast. This is a woman who has set the Republican Party ablaze, both with her passion and with her intelligence. I spoke with her in an interview that I know you're going to share with everyone that you know. I want you to listen to it. I want you to share it with others. But more importantly, what you need to do is understand that it's women like Carrie Lake who can save America. The book is entitled, Can America Be Saved? And as I say in the uh, interview, it's the women who will save America. The fact of the matter is, she's amazing. And uh, everyone knows who she is. She's a conservative firebrand. Her gubernatorial campaign inspired and captivated the nation. She talks about how a near-fatal airline crash changed the direction of her life. I never knew about that. Did you know that Carrie is a former news anchor? She reveals the corruption in the media. That's not new to any of us. But you'll learn things that you didn't know, how she once took a trip with Cindy McCain to Cambodia, how both Carrie Lake and Michael Savage both admired Barry Goldwater, the original MAGA candidate. You need to listen to how she was uh, canceled and what we must all do to save America and why she was labeled the most dangerous politician in America. Listen and enjoy and do me a favor, share it with a few people. Thanks for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi there. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Unless we have an entire movement of mothers and fathers, we're not going to save this nation, Carrie. I want to thank you again. You've been a hero of mine for a very long time. Wow. I'm blown away, Michael. I've got the chills right now. Okay, mm. <laughs> you can't see them, but they're here. Um, I've well, that's nice admirer. to hear. I can still give someone the chills. I've been an admirer of yours as well. So to hear you say that, um, I, I appreciate you for saying that and for taking the time to interview me. Let's talk about Carrie Lake, my favorite personality in the history of uh, politics. You're 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 lying to me. Come on. No, I, I saved that for my wife. I'm joking. Wow. Okay. Just let me, let me just like absorb that. That's huge. so your book is unafraid. Just getting started, which is amazing because the prologue is called crash landing. And you talk about a doom flight you were on in the early months of your campaign. What kind of airplane were you on? What was that about? <laughs> well, I've got a picture of it. I have a picture of it right here. I, I decided to put photographs in because I always like to see the photos of the stories I'm reading about. 
And I showed this frozen over small, tw- I guess it was a single engine. I don't know. Maybe it was a twin engine. Oh. And um, we were just desperate to get to a big speaking event that I had about midway, a little further than midway way through um, my campaign and we didn't we, we didn't have any billionaires funding us we were funded by the people we missed a flight because of just some major travel problems in a storm that was affecting flights all around the country and we ended up finding a solution which was getting on a small plane and flying across the country turns out the rainstorm in phoenix that we took off in around midnight when we got up about nine, 10,000 feet turned into an ice storm and our plane iced over. It turned into a flying icicle. You didn't have any de-icing equipment on the plane? No, 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 no. Had no idea it was even an ice storm. We kind of left it to the pilots that we really should have never taken off in that, obviously. Oh boy. But, But Michael, I talk about it because there's no reason we should have survived that. Everybody who's a friend of mine who's a pilot said, oh my gosh, how did you guys make it to the, you should have fallen out of the sky. <laughs> and we made a, I call it crash landing. We made a safe, any landing you walk away from is a good landing, right? Oh yeah. But it was an emergency landing that could have easily been a crash, but it reminded me and it told me, and I knew that God had a plan uh, that I wasn't done. He wasn't done with I me. I get it. I was so needed. And I, I really, it, it reaffirmed my faith. So you have a, you, you had a second chance at life which I can relate <laughs> yes. to. And you have a chance. You had a chance at that moment to change the course of your life, which obviously you did. I mean, did you go your, your prior job was a TV broadcaster, correct? Yeah. Before politics, broadcast journalism. <laughs> so, yeah. you, you know, you know what that snake pit is like. <laughs> I do. And, you know, I talk about in the book, Unafraid, I talk about how I started off as a kid, youngest of nine, rural Iowa. My dad was a history and government coach and a really successful mm. football history and government teacher and a successful football coach. And mom was Beautiful. in there. We didn't have any money. When I look back, we were really dirt poor, but we didn't know it. Nobody told us that. We I just thought it. it was normal to have to work from a young age. I mean, I started babysitting at seven years old. This is back in the 70s when people would leave their baby with a seven-year-old. I but, get you know, it. That was the 70s. If we wanted toothpaste and shampoo, we had to work for it. So I didn't know any better. And thankfully, I had that Midwestern work ethic, a big family work ethic. And I graduated from high school at 16, and I worked my way through college and paid for my own college. Well, and- you and I have so much in common. I grew up in an immigrant family in the Bronx. I was selling comic books on the street at age five. I've told the story, worked in my father's store. He always said to me, you've got to work for a living. You'll find out the value of a dollar if you do. I also graduated high school at 16 uh, and went into college very young. It's very interesting that we have. Well, and and we've taken that away from our kids in many ways. I'm not speaking for everyone. There's some great parents out there who say, you know, my kids are going to work and my kids do work. But we worked really hard in in childhood. We had to uh, cut wood to heat our home. I mean, it sounds like I grew up in the old fashioned days. We we didn't cut wood in the Bronx. (laughs) (laughs) My dad just was, um, that's how he raised us. And I'm so happy about that because everything that came before me running for office prepared me for running for office. It's a grueling snake pit swamp and (laughs) that difficult childhood, that uh, incredible will, nobody can outwork me. I used to say about my rhino opponent in the primary, she may have married a a 95 year old billionaire, (laughs) but she cannot outwork me. There's no, if I even get a sense that you're starting to outwork me. I'll just work harder. But Carrie, why? Why? Okay, here's the thing. 
you know, they say money is the mother's milk of politics. We've heard that for 30, 40 years now. That means that if a person has enough money to buy enough ads, they can literally win any any campaign. Is that really what they're saying? I, I think they are, but I don't agree with it because okay. we didn't near, she, we were outspent 20 or 30 to one oh by my, my opponent with attack ads. People aren't watching TV the way they used to. So those ads, you know, you had to buy a lot more of them. And and I had the beautiful um, and I, I, I worked toward getting a job in broadcast journalism because I love to tell people stories. I love to tell, um, you know, I love like knowing what's going on and talking about it. And so I had a 27 year career in Arizona where people knew me. They invited me into their home Mm. for three hours a day. And I had an opponent spending her billionaire husband's money going on TV, saying all these horrible things about me. And the wonderful people of Arizona were just laughing, going, wait a minute, we know she's not what you're saying because we had her in our home. She's our friend. We had her in our home for 30 years. And so it really, um, it, it fell on deaf ears because the people of Arizona weren't going to hear it, weren't going to listen to it. And I'm just so thankful to them. But I, I hate what happened with our election where um, they sabotaged election day. Well, I hear that. And, and you weren't alone, but you're still fighting and we'll get, well, we could do it right now. And the question really is, has anything changed? I mean, what's going to happen during the next election? Can we ever have a fair election in this country again? Uh, I'm going to keep fighting for that. I'll tell you this. I, you know, when, when, when they stole the election, they stole our victory. I had Republicans who I respected say, just walk away, concede. First of all, I'll never concede something that was stolen, mm. but I would be the most gracious loser if I really did lose. Don't get me wrong. My dad was a football coach. He taught us if you lose, you you mm. shake the other guy's hand and you walk away and you uh, walk away with your head high that you, you fought a good fight. But we didn't lose. We won. And I'm going to fight that. And, and, and the people of this country started to tell me, you've got to fight this. We started Save Arizona Fund and they donated to help us fight it. It's my duty as an American citizen to call out corruption in this country, to call out. Is that why they called you the most dangerous politician in America? Because you tell the truth? Yeah, I think so. When I saw that headline, it was towards the end of the campaign and I woke up one morning and I was looking through kind of the press clippings that my wonderful team sent me and I'm drinking coffee. And I saw that and I thought, well, this must be an article about Trump. Oh, God. And, they, and, and they're probably mentioning me in it. So I, I scroll up and it's a picture of me. And oh. I'm apparently the most dangerous politician in the in the country because they thought they got rid of Trump. Uh-huh. And here they have Trump in heels. And they went, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, we, we love we love you, Carrie. I watch you in action. I like that you get in the face of people. You're our, you're our only hope in a way. Everyone's so milquetoast and so afraid of the left. You represent yeah, truth really and you represent the America first movement, which sounds dangerous to those who don't even know what it is. But I've been a champion of borders language culture since I began a radio in 1994. We're talking about America, American values, family values, God, faith and country. That's all we're talking about, aren't we? Yeah. And the, and the news, the and remember the news, the press and for those out there who might be Democrats or listening to the news still just remember it's all of the news stations are pretty much owned by five corporations. Do you, I asked this of the people on the left. I don't know if they're listening to you, Michael, but I'm asking anyway, do you think that corporate, that these corporate uh, um, giants really care about your life? I don't, I, I think they're pushing an agenda 
And their agenda is globalism because that's what the corporate world wants. Explain what that really means. The average person hears the word globalism. I know what you mean. To me, it's a battle for the survival of America as an identifiable entity, as a nation, as a clearly defined nation, as opposed to a nation rolled into the new world order. Is that globalism? Yeah, that's globalism. And it's all the power resides at the top. We are just serfs. We are subjects. And that's why they've been attacking the middle class. Used to be the Democrats cared about the middle class. The JFK Democrats did not anymore. Yeah. The Democrats are pushing Marxism and globalism. And, And the reason I even brought that up is because America first means obviously putting our country first. But the the left and the media have to say we're extremists and far right. The only thing extreme is that we're extremely worried about our country and our families. But what's extreme to me, Michael, is the left and the uniparty and the swamps policies, which are open border. I find it extreme Mm -hmm. to have the cartels running our border. I have it extreme to have to see millions of people pouring across, some of them terrorists and criminals. I find it extreme to allow uh, the most deadly drug we've ever seen, fentanyl, pour into our country and kill our young people. I find it extreme that our kids are going to school and not being taught real skills to get by in this world. I'm hoping that Democrats find that extreme as well. I doubt that they will. I think they're so, Carrie, they're so brainwashed and so locked into their agenda. Look, the recent ruling against so-called affirmative action, which is affirmative racism, is a huge, huge stabilizing force for the nation. But I think you and I both know that the American left is so entrenched in uh, their power structure, they're going to get around the affirmative racism anyway. I mean, they're supposed to now not use race in hiring police, firemen, teachers, you name it. But they're going to get around it somehow. We're going to still have to fight, aren't we? Of course, we always have to fight it. And I talk to my friend Donald Trump and I say, how do you do it? I mean, I'm facing what he's facing, but he's got it 20 times worse. And he says, what's our choice? We have to get up and fight. I hope the result is that we start properly educating our kids. How do we, uh, we don't need affirmative action. We can go back to meritocracy when we, and, and when that may force us to start properly educating all children rather than sending them off to these government schools mm. where it is a it's a breeding ground for indoctrination and and just it's horrible i want the freedom of a good education for every child in this country and that starts with teaching them uh, about our constitution and basically giving them the skills they need to survive. You got it with your dad. You said you were selling comic books and working with your dad. We we used to teach our sons and daughters how to work, and now we don't. So we need to get better at that. We can't expect schools to do all the work, but we have to stop the uh, system that we have, which is uh, the school. I'm trying to think of her name, Randy Weingarten. I don't even oh, think she please. has kids. Does she even have children? No, I doubt it. Interesting you mention that, because in my life, I've had um, many different kind of friends, including gay friends. And it's, it seems they were always more knowledgeable in their minds about raising children than those of us who actually had children. Interesting. In what way? They always thought they knew more about raising children than those of us oh. with children. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but there's Randy Weingarten. And I'm not talking about her sexual orientation. I could care less. Her mental orientation is, is a disaster. You know, it's a total disaster, uh, Carrie. I know Although your time I'm is limited. Tell you something. Yeah. We have a lot. I have a, a lot of um, 
conservative gay friends and the and and I don't even want to say conservative common sense. They do not like what's happening. They don't like that the the you know it's become um, Pride Month. They they were kids too at one point, innocent kids who go off to school. When I was a kid, if my teacher would have talked about her sex life, no thrown I out. So I would have been so shocked. I mean, it, I would still remember it to this day. And yet we're pushing that in the faces of our children. It's it's wrong. I understand. I know, I know a lot of very common sense gay people who find it wrong. They have come for our children. I have said for many years, the years I was on radio, I'm a sexual libertarian. You're an adult. It's consensual. Your business, what you do. Don't care what you do. Not my business. I don't want to be in your bedroom. Don't think I'm a censor, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. said that the dividing line will be when they come for our children and they cross that line. They broke they down did. the barriers at our school board meetings, uh, calling parents who are concerned about their children, which has always been what we hope for concerned parents of America. Right. Now they've turned them into domestic terrorists. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand. Carrie, you here's an interesting thing. I don't want to lose this one from your book. And I have to mention your book again because I want people to go out and buy it. And my listeners listen to me. Go out and buy that book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. Or Carrie wouldn't even be here. She wants you to buy her book. And there's a reason for it. It's not just the monetary reasons. It's because she's got a message in there. And there's so many things in the book that I think I should mention. I was quite surprised that your TV job took you to Cambodia with Cindy McCain. Are you still friendly? Is Cindy still around? Look, I want to be friendly with all these people, but they really have turned on America. Um, she came out and said some horrible things about me. Oh. And uh, obviously we know that they try to act like they're conservatives and they're um, Republicans. But they, we have the greatest president and President Trump, and they turn their back, stab him in the back. And she actually endorsed Joe Biden, the worst oh. president in the country. She went to the media and she's, uh, you know, pushed lies about me. I I am um, disappointed in in Cindy McCain. She always talked about caring about human smuggling, and then she sat and, and admitted during an interview that she and and John, her husband, Senator McCain, knew about Jeffrey Epstein, knew what he was up to. This is somebody who's involved in in human smuggling, the sex mm. uh, trafficking, and did nothing. She said, what could we do? Well, what could you do? You mm. were married to one of the most powerful people in the world. You could have done something if you really gave a damn about sex trafficking. And the fact that she stabbed Trump in the back, the fact that John McCain as a senator, mm -hmm. first of all, he's somehow you can't you can't criticize his political career. I think everybody who runs for politics is open and fair game Public for criticism. He represented Arizona. Carrie, so are people in the media. We're all public figures and we have to take. Well, I'll tell you what, they attacked me nonstop. I hadn't even become uh, had gotten into office and they were attacking me. And I, I took it. I didn't whine and complain. Well, I'm but a Goldwater conservative. You're from Arizona. I loved yes. him. I was a young guy and I'll never forget his great speech. Mm. Um, what was it? Extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. No vice. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's in you, the book. I would remind you. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. And let me remind you also that moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. Did you know Gold? Did, was he alive when you were a kid? I mean, did you know him? 
I met him when I became a reporter in Arizona. When I was 24, I came to Arizona as a reporter and I was sent over to interview Arizona's uh, favorite oh, wow. son, Barry Water. And it was a quick interview. Um, he he was starting, his health was starting to falter a bit. Uh. And then, and I talk about this in the book, I um, I covered when he passed away. I was up at his home in Paradise Valley covering the, the loss of, of a legend in Barry Goldwater. And I remember covering it for the national news. I was doing live shots all day. You know, I'm glad you knew Goldwater again. there Are there any Goldwaters left? Yes, his son is, is around and, and a wonderful man. And um, and I talk about how Barry Goldwater was really one of the first America first uh, make America great again, guys. And then, of course, uh, we got the wonderful Ronald Reagan, who was my childhood hero. And he's the reason I registered as a Republican when oh. I turned 18. He and I grew up uh, about an hour apart in the Midwest. He was on the um, Illinois side of the Mississippi mm. and I was on the Iowa side. Obviously, Michael, a few decades apart. Uh, but he was the <laughs> president of my of my childhood when uh, he was when I was 10, he was elected. Isn't that and we something? needed exactly that. We needed that Midwestern sensibility, that optimism and that love for country to get us through the dark days after Jimmy. Carter. How are we going to get through Biden, though? I, this is what I want to know. Carrie, you're on the floor. You see what goes on there. You're there, aren't you? You're you're out there. Yeah. You've you've seen what I'm goes out, on. I'm out with America every day. Okay. Are you gonna run again? You know, I'm thinking of it, Michael. I I people have been asking me that, and I said my priority is our court case. I still want to fight this. We have the evidence and the truth on our side, and we're just waiting for one judge to do the right thing. It's I understand it's daunting to be the judge who says, you know what, we're setting aside Maricopa County. Mom. It was corrupt and we can't have this you know but we don't happen. have that carrie we you don't know that, that the power courage. structure is so against that but it's right. happened before in 1916 in arizona a fraudulent governor made made his way into office oh. and the duly elected governor fought in the courts mm. and it took a full year before they yanked that fraud out of office and put the duly elected governor so i have that hope i may i may look at running for senate there's going to be a, a senate seat that's up for grabs coming up and I believe that right now we're not being served in Arizona with somebody wow. going to D.C. and serving Wouldn't that be needs? great if you ran for the Senate and we'd have a real conservative senator in Arizona? Arizona used to be when I was a kid like, oh, wow, real hard, hardcore, you know, rock, is, rock ribbed conservatism was Arizona. The hard as nails, you know, tough skin guys. What happened to Arizona? Cowboys and yeah. tough girls and gals. Uh, I grew up reading Arizona highways as a kid in New York. I used to read Arizona highways. Remember that magazine? Did oh, yeah. You, and I we used to see canyons, beautiful uh, people. Let me tell you, um, campaigning across Arizona was like driving through that magazine uh, every day. Uh, I loved every second of campaigning 525 days. We worked our tails off. It was the most beautiful thing ever. Uh, Arizona is still red. It's still conservative. I should say it's common sense. It's just America. It's a love for America. Mm. And this is why I want to and I must continue to fight for election reform. We vote for a month. We count for two weeks or however long it takes to get the outcome they want. And we can't have that. Mm -hmm. We need real honest people running our elections. So I'm going to keep fighting for that. And I'm going to keep um, and just stay out there. I'll, I'll be deciding my next move in the coming months. But I was going to name the book um, Unafraid. 
Yeah. And then people kept saying, what's next? What's next? I said, I'm going to put just getting started to give these rhinos and establishment and uniparty people a little tinge of fear because we are just getting started. The mama bears and papa bears, when they started going after our kids and you and you saw them get involved in politics, they have awoken a sleeping giant. And when moms and dads get involved, when their kids future and their kids are at risk, you will see the mothers and fathers help save this country. I know that you've probably seen video over the course of your life or you see like a couple dads lifting a car off of a child that happened to get, you know, run over. Yeah. And you go, how on God's green planet did these men have the strength mm-hmm. to lift that car? They're like hulks. And it's because they have that something that God puts in us when we become parents to protect our little ones. Oh, I know. And I'm it not- is a superhuman strength. And they have unleashed that. And we're not we're not putting that back in the um, in the bottle. We're going to come out and fight for our country. It's the same with men, unless they've had a child. And I was at the birth of my first and my second child. But until you've seen your child born, you're not a full man. Men are not really whole until they see that child born. And then they come to respect more about the woman who gave the child to the world. Unless you see it, you can't believe it. You can't read about it. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I had a dream last night. I'm one of these guys who has lots of dreams and I wake up with dreams and remember them. I saw the firmament. I saw light. I saw flame and I saw out of the light a single entity and it, it divided into a male and female. I saw literally the creation God's creation of man and woman. And I thought I have my work cut out for me today, but that's a separate story. That's I really amazing. want to go to your, your book well, is un- interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You talk about a dream. The last chapter opens with a dream. I had a, a couple of weeks after the election and I wish I dreamed more. I love to have dreams, but I don't, but this one was so vivid that um, it's called a dream becomes a nightmare. It is, it is chapter 15 and it is, fascinating. You got to do some dream analysis on it. <laughs> oh, I don't I think do. you need to be an expert to do a dream analysis. On right, I get it. No, no. Some of them are so apparent. You don't need an expert, but I, I've done dream analysis with my children when they were young every morning. So tell me your dream. I'll analyze it for you. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, because if you, you have to read this chapter, Okay. it turned out that the people I was dreaming about were the people who ran the election. But this dream is so full of symbolism. And um, I'm not going to go into all of it other than I, I, I awake, awaken, I come to in the, in the back of a pickup truck and I'm, I've got um, my hands have been tied up with duct tape. Mm -hmm. I've obviously been kidnapped and I won't go into much more than that. And I decided to put it in because it's so powerful. And I think there's some meaning in it. Carrie, this is not your typical politics. No, no, no. I worry about I I worry for people like you because of the cartels. You're on the border. I mean, I won't even go into that right now. I don't want to provoke a sleeping nightmare here. But can we survive the Biden crime family? It's so apparent to even the most casual observer that we literally have a crime family running the country. Do you think that their time is up? Oh, I think it was up before it even started. That's why I talked about the 2020 election. But it is apparent. It's not minor. It's major. It makes the the Biden crime family and Joe Biden make Benedict Arnold look like a novice. But he's like a mafioso. It's it's like a mafia movie. It's like a mafia movie. There's tons of evidence. 
The question is, as our government um, is so far gone and under the control yeah. of these uh, corrupt forces that we, the people, have to claw it back some way. I understand. And I don't know. Is there? It, I, I will say this. I believe that America, its foundation, is still strong. I, I'm the most patriotic person. I believe that our foundation is still rock solid because our founders set that up for us with God's help, the Constitution, the foundation. That's still solid. The government, the federal bloated, disgusting bureaucracy is rotten to the core, infected. It's a cancer and that can't be fixed. It is disgusting. And we need to start, you know, in my book, I talk about how I used a sledgehammer uh, symbolism and I use that in my ads sometimes. We need to take a sledgehammer to all of it. It's it's rotten and um, and never let this happen again. And I believe that if we all get involved, there's power in numbers. When we remember that at that foundation, our, fa- our forefathers set up, the power lies with the people. And we've been led to believe because we haven't been educated properly or we've been brainwashed or we just have seen this bureaucracy take over that the government controls us. It's the other way around. And when but we they control the election. Carrie, look, I, I don't want to touch on a sore point and go over it again. And I know it's something people don't even want to talk about, but it's an issue for you. It's an issue for Trump, but it's almost a dead issue because the people don't want to hear it anymore. But Stalin said it doesn't matter who votes. What matters is who counts the votes. And that's what we're talking about now in the in the uh, dictatorship that w- that's emerged. The media, the government media complex. You look at people like Anderson Cooper. They work for the Democrat machine. They espouse the party line. He's not alone. He's a symbol of it. It's like living in a living example of Solzhenitsyn's Soviet Russia right now in terms of the government media complex. And that's why, although the evidence is mounting and mounting and mounting against the Biden crime family, when you have a media that's completely owned by the Democrat machine, what do we do? What do we the people do? I guess the truth will set us free. We got to keep talking about it, don't we? We have to use the most powerful weapon we have, which is our voice. And for a long time now, I mean, even even when it came to Trump, Americans love Trump. And then they realized, oh, my gosh, if I even speak out, if I wear my red hat, I'm going to be ostracized oh, and yes. canceled. And uh, nobody wants to be ostracized. That's painful. And let me tell you, I survive it every day being canceled. And I have a whole chapter about the first time I was canceled. I thought I was going to die. Um, I survived. You know, uh, spoiler alert, I survived. And spoiler alert. You will also survive, but we will not survive if we don't start speaking out. That means speaking out in support of Trump, letting people know. I think he's the only guy, Michael, who's going to get us through this. I really do. These other guys are imposters. And and if you do not like Trump, and I'm telling you this from 30 years in the media, if you don't like Trump out there, I'm not judging you. I'm telling you that you have been the victim of the biggest uh, scam on the American people. It was brainwashing in a massive scale to brainwash you into hating the guy, the hero who's actually out there to try to help us. And the media working in conjunction with our disgusting, corrupt federal government, with the Uniparty working in unison, saying, oh my gosh, we have an outsider who's going to come in and tip over the tables. He's a bull in the China shop. And it is going to be the end of this corrupt system if we let him succeed. And so the polluted to try to bring him down. Harry, you're a Bible person, right? You're a believer. Yes, of course. Okay. Well, we know what happened to Jesus when he overthrew the, 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 money, right. change, the money changes in the back of the temple. It didn't really work out for him very well. Well, but I, what I, I'm, I'm really getting at is we needed a disruptor. When I'm oh, saying, we, we oh, now you're sounding like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy, no, I'm joking now. The tables. We need a bull in the china shop, just as we needed Reagan that 
you know, Midwest charm. Like I said, the optimism at that time, we needed a bowl in a China shop, a brash New Yorker to come in and wake us out of our slumber and let us know what was going on. And we need him back because right now, Joe Biden has us on the brink of complete disaster. And we have three choices going into November of 24. If we make it, we've got a fast sprint over the cliff into communism slash globalism. Oh, amen. With the other guys running against Trump, we have a run, maybe not quite as fast, but it's still heading that way towards the same end. Or we have someone who's going to stop it in its track with Trump. Because these other guys, Michael, have the same people behind them that we've had in politics. The Bush family, the Ryan, you know, Paul Ryan, the Karl Roves of the world, the people who are for endless wars, sending our treasure overseas, starting things up. I don't think America wants to go back to that. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. I wish to talk about the war because I, I'm, I'm a, um, well, how shall I put it? I'm a, a peacenik. I'm a conservative, peace-loving man. I'm also a conservationist, not an environmentalist. I'm the opposite of what people think conservatives are. I'm against this war. Trump's against this war. You're against this war. We see 250,000 Ukrainian men killed. We see a couple of hundred, well, maybe 150,000 Russian men dead. It's the suicide of two nations, which the Biden administration, in conjunction with many Republicans, are egging on more death because of the money involved and also the great distraction from the horrors going on in this country. Right. Absolutely. And Trump's a peacemaker and a truth teller. A hundred percent. The peacemakers and the truth tellers aren't always appreciated um, in this world, but eventually he will be. And I'm with you. There are wars that are worth fighting. This one is not one. And we, I, I spent 525 days on the campaign trail. I talked to more citizens and individuals than probably any other politician in the country. Not one said, we need to send more money to Ukraine. Conversely, many of them said, why are we not protecting our own, our own border, border, our own nation? Right. So well, you I, were- I'm just... I hear you. And and the question, though, Carrie, before you go, look, you're a champion for everything I believe in the America First movement. I'm so honored to have you on this podcast, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. It's a book everybody should read, not just because it's a book, but it's a it's an outline of a journey from an individual from one world to another and your belief in the nation and your hope for the nation. That's how I see it. You're the you're, you're a mother of two. You're a wife. They're calling you every name under the sun, and yet you haven't given up. You're unafraid. That's why the story is called Unafraid, Just Getting Started. And we won't go into that. Uh, I'd be afraid <laughs> if I were you, because, you know, it's <laughs> one thing to be a talk show host or a podcaster. It's another thing to actually have power and, and be able to change things. I'm a big TV watcher at night. I know I'm not ashamed to admit it. I love art. And I have time on my hands, so I've always watched movies. And one of them is a cartel movie, a cartel series, Queen of the South, that I've watched. And it's about a woman who rises from being a money changer in in, in Juarez to becoming the leader of one of the cartels. But, wow. Okay, but the guy who's shown, the cartel leader, the biggest cartel leader is a businessman to the public in Mexico. It shows him running for office to be the governor of oh one of, of Sinaloa and he the speeches he give he gives could be written for a Democrat 
I'm here for you. I'm here for the people. When I'm elected, we'll get rid of the cartels. We'll erase this cancer from our society. And he runs the biggest cartel. And I'm saying, oh, my God, I've gotten chills. Who wrote this thing? You know, Mm -hmm. Carrie, I don't know. Well, that that's scary because we have such cartel pull and influence in Arizona. And when they when they rigged this election, sabotaged election day by rolling out, you know, 60 percent of the locations voting Republican areas, they put the broken equipment in. They intentionally printed the wrong ballot. Quarter of a million ballots were spit out unreadable. They wanted to install people like that. You know, Adrian Fontes, who is a fraud and nobody believes he won this election, he's sitting in our secretary of state's office, one heartbeat away from the governor's office. And he is, this is a fact, a cartel lawyer. He's a cartel lawyer sitting in secretary of state's office. If they if Katie Hobbs is booted out, he would take that position. This is why elections matter. Arizona Mm -hmm. border states almost are more important because what happens there affects the rest of the country. It's the cancer. It's the first it, it's a cancer. line and of defense against fight. the cancer. And they were trying to bring me down. I mean, we we had our tires slashed during the campaign trail. We got on the road one day going 75 and our tire goes flat. Thank God we were able to find a little tire shop. And the man said, you have three, four inch uh, screws drilled into your tire. He goes, you didn't run over these. Nobody... Nobody has tire uh, these kind of screws in their tire. They had to be drilled into your tire. Oh God! So these people are sick. They will try to take people out who are fighting. Uh, I believe that God is in control of that, and I have, I do have protection, and I also am not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of them, and um, we're going to keep fighting. And I'm just, you know, honored to be on your show today. And I hope the people who hear this um, and want a good read. I haven't had a really good read for a long time. I must admit this is a good read. As I said, it came even though from the you heart. wrote it, even though you wrote it, you're even saying it's I wrote good it, it came from the heart. <laughs> I wasn't trying to just put a, at the time. I wasn't even considering running for anything again. I was so furious about what happened. Now I am looking at possibly running, but this is a book that is a page turner. I wasn't trying to write a consultant written, uh, I get a, it. you know, policy book. It is fascinating from page one until the very end and and starting with President Trump's forward and ending with that dream I was telling you about. um, I promise you, I promise you, everyone out there listening, this is a great read. You will not be able to put it down. Carrie, before you go, many years ago when I was on the radio, I said it will be the women who will save this country. If anything, anyone can save this country. It's the women who will save this country. And I was talking about a long story about my my career in, in uh, the medical world, which is when children were dying in hospitals, children with cancer were dying. This is 40, 50 years ago. A very wise mother said to the doctor, my child's not dying of cancer. He's dying of starvation. She's dying of starvation. The doctor laughed at her. It turned out she knew that the hospital diet was killing the children, not the cancer. That began that began the the change of diets in hospitals from these horrible bland diets that were killing kids they were dying of starvation so what i'm getting at is it was the mother the observation of the mother for her child the mother bear and i use that story to exemplify what we're talking about you are the the type of personality you i hate to put you in a generic sense who who is saving america you have the guts and the desire to save this country for the children. And that's why I think people should read Unafraid just getting started and share it with other people 
because unless we have an entire movement of mothers and fathers, we're not going to save this nation, Carrie. I want to thank you again. You've been a hero of mine for a very long time. Wow. I'm blown away, Michael. I've got the chills right now. OK, <laughs> mm. you can't see them, but they're here. Um, I've well, that's nice admire- to hear. I can still give someone the chills. I've been an admirer of yours as well. So to hear you say that, um, I, I appreciate you for saying that and for taking the time to interview me. Let's do it again. I'm heading off to Bedminster right now. I'm in New York City. We we kind of launched the book here. Oh. We did a lot of media. And we're doing a uh, launch party tonight. Um, Where? At Bedminster, President Trump. Oh, I know. Oh, you're doing the party at, at the golf club? Yes, we are. We are. And I'm not invited? You're come on out. Come I'm on in out. I'm in San Francisco. I can't go, but you can't get there fast, especially no. with the air. The, it probably. Yeah. Tell but, President uh, Trump Michael Savage this. says hello. I will tell him that. And uh, I'm not going to quit this fight. This is a hill worth dying on. And the moms Ooh. and dads are activated. They've awoken a sleeping giant. We're not going back to sleep because we've got something worth fighting for our children in our country. And thank you so much. Find the book. You can find it on Amazon, anywhere books are sold. We're we already number one on Barnes and Noble. I'm really proud of this book. I promise you, you will love it. Carrie, thank you so much for the time. Carrie, thank you again. Let's do it again. And we'll have more time next time. Okay. Be safe. You are awesome. Thank Say you. Hello to Donald. I will. God bless you. Bye-bye. Same. God with you. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.